Now it's time to mix with the rant. Which Claudia do you have out there? Two-thirds, which would be Corby and Davey. And uh, question for you. Can they not hear us? You got us now? I can can hear you guys. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have you guys talked at all about the SaveToby.com? The bunny rabbit? Yeah. I've gotten a bunch of emails on that, but... I got it like six months ago, I guess. Yeah, it's been a while. Well, the only reason I bring it up is because what he did, if people don't know, this guy caught a rabbit, I guess a, a sick rabbit or an injured rabbit, nursed it back to health, and then said, um, I need to eat. If I don't get $50,000, I'm eating it. I'm eating this rabbit. And so far, he's got twenty-eight grand. Really? $28,000. Now, it's genius, kind of despicable, but it's a genius way to make some coin. Yeah. And it's tax-free. Is it? He's calling himself a reverend. (laughs) Perfect. This guy's got all the bases covered, doesn't he? It's, uh, you know what? That ain't happening. He ain't going to eat it. How do you know? He probably doesn't even have a rabbit. (laughs) I know. I mean, you know how easy it'd be just to make up that story? Who's an an idiot that's going to go ahead and pay him anything? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's genius when you prey upon the stupidity of of humanity because there's some idiots out I'll there. I'll agree with that. Did yeah. you hear the uh, about the German guy who hit the lottery? No. This German guy buys a used, like a 99 VW Golf. He buys it for like nine grand, ten grand, something like that. And he gets the registration papers and the previous owner was Pope Benedict. No way. Yeah. So he puts it on eBay in a... Uh, uh, online casino buys it for like two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Jeez, are you kidding me? How great is that? Man, this stuff never happens to me. I never have <laughs> this stuff just fall in my lap. And I never accidentally buy the Pope mobile. Yeah, you don't live close enough to the Pope, unfortunately. But they yeah. said, but they said that uh, it's weird that he, the Pope, even owned it. Car- it was back when he was, you know, cardinal. Yeah, back when he didn't Ratz- matter. Ratzenberger or whatever his name is. And uh, they said it's it's weird that he even owned it because he doesn't even have a driver's license. Yeah, none of those. He got to be pope. If you're a cardinal, can you drive? Do you even drive? Does he have a a high school diploma? Why wouldn't you? He just has his Hitler Youth certificate. (laughs) You know what? There's probably a good chance. How old is he? Seventy something. Seventy-eight. There's no question that he was groomed to be part of the Hitler Youth. Well, he that's no. His dad was was in it. Part of that, wasn't he? Oh, he was. Yeah, Yeah, he was in it. Oh. I haven't read too much on it, except that he won the election. (laughs) So why aren't you guys going to the the wedding? I wasn't invited. I didn't get an invitation. Uh, Thanks thanks for bringing it up. Corby, Oklahoma buddy? Yeah, I was. I have... um, Well, you guys... Huh? There's stuff going on that I can't... There's reasons I can't go right now. Got it. Game Game 7? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I am going to Game 7. Are you really? Yeah. Jerk. Yeah, I can't wait. Excellent, excellent. So, okay, how would the Observer Music Awards go? Did Danny win anything? No, nah, nobody won. Mm. Um, did did uh, Petty Theft win? No, Hard Night's Day won, the Good. Beatles band. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Is that, was that the, cover, you know, the cover category? Yeah, yeah. They're too young to... I mean, they've been around for a year, and they have their own radio show, you know? Yeah. Their own PR machine. Right, right. Well, they what, do, don't who do they? they? Who do they cover? Who? Petty. Tom Petty. Petty oh, Theft. okay. Yeah, slow the uptake today. <laughs> Best question of the week. That was genius. It's, it's, You're it's fired. A, that, is that a uh, is that a Grego question? Yes. Yeah, pretty much. God, it's a Toto cover band. <laughs> so how well, many, I know he's into um, Steely Dan, and they didn't see the. 
Yeah, but he, I mean, Steely, covering Steely Dan, you, you have to be the... And there uh, already was one. Yeah, there's a Steely Dan cover band, but if you want to do that, you have to be an excellent musician and a really have an odd voice. And I mean, you know that, Craig. Yeah. That, that band is out there. Well, every time I catch you guys from 3 to 7, after every break, there's a petty, there's a petty theft promo. How many times does he play a week? <sighs> See, about twice a week at least. No, I think they play one, about once every other week, but he, when they're playing, like say they're playing on a Saturday, he will mention it, and you're probably just catching it at the random times. He'll mention it once a day. Wow. And it always, it's really awkward, because it'll, it'll be like, um, 3.30 here on the ticket, hey! <laughs> Betty Thep will be playing this weekend, you know, it's always, hey! Hey! <laughs> so what kind of crowds does he That's get? That's his promo alert. I think they do really well. Do they really? I think they do excellent. You know, as far as, um, well, you know, it, it's tough to make it as a band in Dallas. And much less a cover band. And actually, you know what? Probably cover bands draw as good as any other band. Because yeah. people, yeah, people don't want anything new. They want to hear stuff that they're familiar with. Right. You know, well, you, you have, a, you have a, a more of a ready-made audience when you're a cover band. Yeah. And, and plus, you got the, the fans of Reiner. Right. You know, or the station or whatever, and so they'll come out. I think they do They do good, but, the, you know, their band is really good. I mean, it sounds like Reiner singing, but huh. it, the band is really, really good. So who performed at the Observer Music Awards? The Burden Brothers. Yeah. And, um... I, um what did they do? What? <laughs> what did they do? Rick decided... It's 10.04, and Rick said, I'm eating. It's a mix. I'm eating my breakfast. Uh, you, remember, you remember the band The Toadies? Yeah. It's, it's kind of singer. a... singer. Yeah, it's the singer from The Toadies and uh, the guitar player. Yeah. Clark. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they're, you know, they got, a lot of, uh, they got a lot of radio play from the Burden Brothers. What's that and they scene won like? And ev they won every award this, this year. What's that scene like out there? Is everybody just one-upping each other and... It's a pretty weird scene. It's, it's a scene that, like, you know, we get up there and present, and not one person knows who we are. How was it being no at the one. Granada, though? Awesome. So much better than the tea room. Yeah. All right, so, Corby, have you ever been in a band? No. Ever had a desire? No, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I can't play guitar very good. I just, I know chords and stuff, but, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be, who wouldn't want to be in a band? Well, how hard let's would start it be to one pick right up, now. What's that? How hard would it be to pick up bass? Um, I don't know. To I mean, play in a cover band. Danny can do well, it. Well, I don't so want to be in a cover band. <laughs> I, I, I'm too good for a cover band. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, every, I've always wanted to be in a band, but I don't have the uh, desire nor the singing skills or playing skills to actually try it. Why don't you, Plus, you, know why don't you start a widespread cover band? No, that takes up too much time, and I don't have enough time like to even play golf, it seems like. So... You know, Reiner practices like three times a week or something for that stupid band. Holy crap, three times a week? When that's is he a, home? That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when is he home? In the mornings, I think. Ah. Yeah. Well, no more Diamond Talk. So what are the names of your kids' band that you're All right, about? so um, my, my kids are ready to start a band. And like a family band? No, I mean, they, they, my, one of my kids plays... Um, Electric guitar and trumpet. Flute. Oh, what? <laughs> trumpet? Yeah, well, he figures he can, you know, if he can, he can, he can throw some other stuff in there for, 
when I don't know. think a trumpet get, gets the women. But the electric guitar does. He plays electric guitar. Oh, okay. And my other kid um, plays the the keyboards and makes noise out of a drum. He says he's a drummer. But so how, how old are these kids? They're ten and eleven. Okay. And do they, and they want, have do they want to be in a band together? Or they yeah. Want their and, they own thing? and they have a friend who's a who's a really really good guitar player, electric guitar player, really good, and he's eleven. So they're thinking, all right, we're ready to go. But they need a name for a band. I got it. Oh, no. No, don't do it. <laughs> so, so they came up with six names, and I said, you know what? I can bring it up to the rant, and they can pick your name for you. Okay. All you right. don't want that, do you? So, now remember, these kids are 10 and 11. So here are their six names. The first one they got was the Fluffy Pancakes. No, yeah, that's it right out. Yep. The next one was Sewer Rats. Not bad. Not bad. Veggie. Yeah. This one I kind of like. I don't know where they got it. Borscht. Okay. <laughs> the next one's rat rat bastards. Yeah. They're ten and eleven. I know. I can't. I told them they can't do that. I didn't even want to put on the radio. And the next one was shiny dimes. Okay. And then the last one. Shiny dimes. The last one I'm vetoing, but I'll bring it up to you guys because they're all the same religion. They call themselves the puny Jew boys. I like that. Yeah. It's not bad. What about the Rosen fetuses? <laughs> That's a good one too. Why not? Just no, just Rosen fetus. Rosen fetus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they'll get a lot of play on Disney. I like the shiny dimes. I think that's pretty good. Shiny yeah. dimes? Hmm. What's borscht? Borscht, borscht is, is a is really is a red beet. It's a it's a soup. It's a red cold soup that they eat in Russia. Borscht, I, like, I like that too. Yeah, that's not bad. It's kind of obtuse. Yeah. You want to maybe people think a little bit. But, you know, I mean, any, any band that you're in when you're 10 or 11, you're not going to be in that band when you're 18. When you're 12. Right. Like, Borscht isn't going to sign a record deal, so. They won't be in that really band matter. when they're 11 and a half. That's probably true. Every, they, doesn't every kid realize, go through that? Once they realize they suck. Or I mean, but they've been, playing, they've been playing instruments for, for five years now. Yeah, but that's just riffing. That's not actually being cohesive and doing anything... Right, you know. Right, and they're and they they knew they do like music. I mean, they're in there with the they listen to the Ramones all the time, so they know some good music. Hey, yeah, finish it off. <laughs> so, finish do, do you let them uh, practice in the garage? Do they have a setup, or do they just tinker they, around in their rooms? Or they practice. They practice in the family room. They've got a we've got a whole room music room set up. A music room. Well, be careful, Craig, because you know what rock and roll leads to at a young age. Yeah, I know incest. Just, no. Pregnancy? <laughs> Just watch it. You know what? I mean, you went to high school with the kids who were in bands and stuff. Yep. You know? They yep. all did. Yep. They were the best. They really were. They were the cool kids. I have to rewind my life and do that. Forget sports. Do you ever play an instrument? No. Nah, I play guitar, but I kind of like Corby. Just chords. Yeah, just nod around a little not bit. Nod around and do a little yeah. bit. You know, um... If I could take back all the growing up and playing youth sports and trade it in for, like, serious guitar work, I would in a heartbeat. Even though I had... But you have to have talent. <clears throat> no, you don't. work on that. Yeah, you do. Well, I mean, you'd have to have talent, yeah. I'm not saying that, I, that I'd be in the Stones by now or yeah, anything. He but... won't be transcending, but he would be good enough to fake it. Oh, and how, right? many, how, many, good, how many good bands are there out there, bands that are out there that are popular that they're... Musicians aren't just that, they're not that talented. Oh, plenty of them. Yeah. But you could, you know, it's like golf. I mean, if you picked up golf at, you know, at the age of 10, you're way ahead of the curve. And if you practice enough, you're going to get good if you have any sort of coordination. So I tried to take 
guitar lessons twice when I was in my teens and gave up after like well, a month. You had no patience. I know. But I think it also goes... Because I wanted to wail. I was like, man, this sucks. I can't even play one song. <laughs> I think it goes back to how good the teacher is, too, because I guarantee you when I was going I through agree. college and my 30 majors I went through, yeah. if I had one teacher that, would, that taught me something that I was interested in at that time and he was good at it, I probably would have picked it. See, my kids learned, or my, my oldest son, my 11-year-old, learned the guitar from a guy who's in a band in Denton, and he, uh, he's it's a pretty good band right now. I don't even know the name of it, but... You guys would certainly know who they are. They're a good top local band, but, he, but while they were struggling, he gave lessons to make money. So my kid knows all the popular songs now. He didn't learn playing, you know... See, Michael, my, row your boat ashore. He learned how to play. You know. You know, my cab, my kid learned how to play. So dubiously, is he had a, he had a, a teacher that said, "Here, watch me play this," and he would play something Leonard Skinner or something, and then Matt would just have to watch him and go, "Oh, okay." Like he's going to learn anything from that. <laughs> yeah. Remember what my fingers did? Do that. Yeah. Come back next week and see. Show me how you did. Yeah. Unfortunately, no stairway. I learned when I was twenty-seven or twenty-eight. How to play guitar, and so. When was the last time you picked up your guitar? I still play it. When was the last time you played it? Probably three weeks ago. I think I picked mine up for like 15 minutes two weeks ago, and that was the first time I'd picked it up in probably six months. I normally do it for work junk, though. Yeah. More than anything, but once I pick it up for work stuff, then I'll like just noodle around for a couple weeks, and I'll put it down and. It collects dust for a while. Boy, but I played a lot for the first couple of years, like every day for an hour or so. Hey, last thing, Corby. Uh, when you go out to the Nelson this week, you going to uh, see if Justin will keep his promise? What was his promise? Probably his parting shot oh. to Corby and, uh, and Reiner was, Hey, Corby, if you come towards me at the uh, Nelson, I'll say hi, but you're not asking me any questions. Yeah, he's going to avoid me. Usually he's pretty good about stuff like that, though. Yeah, he was laughing. I mean, he... I think he'd do whatever, but that's no fun to talk to him just because he knows what's going on. Right, he knows a bit. Yeah. He was a really good guy, though, out there the other day. I heard, oh, yeah. I heard there was a throng out God, there. God, there was a lot of people out there to see that guy. Well, he's a name. What did he? What do you think he made for switching over from Hogan to Nike? A lot. And was that Lots. a money deal, or was that just he was fed up with the Hogan equipment? He was testing Nike equipment for a long time because Hogan got bought by Callaway. And I think he, I think it was, I think he knew that his Hogan deal was gone. When mm -hmm. Callaway took him over, he knew his Hogan deal was done, was gone. So he was testing clubs, and you know, I don't know if there's anything on the record, and I don't know if there's anything going on, but it, I, there have been rumors that Mr. Haney has been looking at his swing every now and then when he's out of the Caro. Really? And he's a Nike guy. Haney's a Nike <clears throat> guy, so. Yeah, but it's, I'm guaranteeing he's not starving over it. It's 1025. No, dear. No, he's not. <laughs> no. All right, we got to go. All right, have fun, boys. I'll see you out there this are week. You got, you're at Grubbs, aren't you? Yes, Grubbs. Really hi to my friends at Grubbs. Yes. Mm. Corby says hi. To everybody out here. Hi there. They hi. Said, what, what Nissan are you driving right now, Corby? They said who? Xterra. Hi. Xterra. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. All right, have fun, boys. Bye.
Gordon Keith is um, here. Yeah, it's not the Gordon Keith show. It's the rant. I never really thought of that until right now. How he hogs everything. He does. I don't know why it's so much associated with him when we're equal parts of the show. <clears throat> right. Well, anyway, he's not here today, but uh, myself and David are here. You're Corby, by the way. Oh, yeah. My name is Corby. And uh, we'll be sharing the good times with you. Until uh, noon, noon o'clock today. And today is a fairly significant day in because, the city uh, of Dallas. Craig Miller's getting married today. You know, I was thinking about that. Of all the uh, normal <laughs> show hosts, board ops, producers, and ticker guys. He's the last person you ever thought would get married? Well, now there's He's only... the last person that you thought was hetero? Well, yeah, I, yeah, I never thought he was, he was hetero. But... He is marrying a woman, right? Supposedly. Oh, he's marrying way up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. I mean, if he was Craig Miller nerd from North Texas... There's no way that girl would ever even talk to him. No. no. And she's, uh, what, like... She's 10, 11. 10, 12 years younger than him? Try 16. Really? Yeah. Boy. He did it right. <laughs> he really yeah, he did, did it right. Because when he's 80, she'll still be like 21. That's awesome. He's a very young... 40, though. Is he 40? Did he hit that? Uh, if I he's thought not, he was like 39. If he's not, he will be very soon. Yeah. And she's seriously like in her early 20s, mid-20s? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. God, what, I'm so jealous. And she hit the jackpot. Yeah, because he's rich and she's shapely, so I mean, she's, it's a fair trade. She's, you know, chasing cash and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we all know what's going on here. <laughs> No, congratulations to Craig. And they're up in um, a foreign city yes. getting married. And, so, uh, don't, so don't try and crash the reception P1s because it's not here. Right. But that leaves Grego as the only person from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. That is unmarried? That is unmarried. Of anyone, like, like I said, anyone. Board ops, producers, ticker guys. Oh, I don't count groups. Yeah. And Kevin Scott is engaged. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Interesting. And yeah. Grego will never get married. No. He is the eternal bachelor. Yeah. And I don't I don't blame him. No. I don't I don't think I could do that though. I don't he think I could single forever? Yeah, I don't think I could spend the rest of my life single. Well, I mean he dates. I know well, yeah, that's fine, but <clears throat> I don't know. Eventually I would feel like I would need to settle on one person. You know? You, there's only so much closeness and intimacy you can develop when you're just casually dating somebody, knowing that you're going to move on eventually. Yeah, that's true. Just think there's a point in your life when you start getting older and you just you don't want to deal with that anymore. Well, yeah, there's no question. He's probably closing in on that right now. But still, he's kind of 
brand new Grego since he's lost all that weight. And yeah. So he's just he's enjoying down he's and, enjoying the reinvention. He's moved, right. He's moved to Dallas. Right. Living he in a, a wife, he would have ditched her. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, he's officially in the in the middle of his midlife crisis. He's changed his wardrobe 100%. Doesn't wear the baseball cap every day. And no, no goatee. Yeah. You know, normally it was like a, a sweat suit that he'd wear up here. Now it's like seven jeans and these real high-end shirts. Addison shirts. Right. You know, that he tucks in. <laughs> but well, Good uh, for him. Oh, yeah, totally. Um... Yeah, but so anyway, uh, Gordon's up there at Craig's wedding, and they'll be having fun up there. But the other significant thing that's going on today in Dallas is Proposition 1. Is it 1? I think, yeah. I'm looking at it. Yeah, Proposition 1. Yeah. Eliminating the city, city manager position and granting the Dallas mayor greater authority. Right. And... And the polls are open right now, I guess. Yeah, they're open till 5, aren't they? Yeah, you know what? I need to figure out what my polling place is. Would it's it be the, the same place that you voted for in the election? Okay. Because, you know, they... Wait uh, a minute. Maybe you didn't. They have all those polls open again? They sure, Maybe they I don't. I would think. But, you know, I, I was looking in the paper, and they just they have it by your, your precinct number, and I don't know my precinct number. But I would assume it's the same place that I voted in the presidential election. You know, I have a vote yes sign in my yard. Yeah. Because one of my... Not that I'm like so gung-ho over this Proposition 1 that, you know, I have to speak my mind in my yard. But a cop drove by, and they're, like, dead set against this. Really? All the cops are. Why? Because they don't want... I asked the guy, well, first off, he goes, I can't believe you got that sign in your yard. I'm going to arrest you. And I was mowing my yard. I was like, oh, sorry, man. You know, he was a listener, though, turns out. And um, so I was like, why, why are you guys against this? He says, they don't want one person with that much power. You know, they, they need the council power right. where it's all divided equally. And I don't know if that's some sort of money thing for the cops huh. or what. Well, let's, let's get into it next, and maybe we'll even take some calls because uh, that's definitely the story of the day in Dallas. Plus, David had an interesting weekend this past weekend. He went to a uh, one of the big music festivals in the country out in California, Coachella. So... We'll get into that. We'll get into um, the voting and all kinds of stuff is coming up next. deserve each other for Game 7. Mavs Rockets, tonight at the AAC. Ben and Skim break it down on the Mavs Playoff Post Game Show right after the game. Brought to you by Silver Fox Steakhouse, Grubbs Nissan, and Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket. It's 10.35. This is The Ticket. This is The Rant. And Gordon is not here today. Gordon is at uh, Craig Miller's wedding. So you've got me, Davey, and Corbin. And I'm Gordon Keith. Not, not here. All right, um, do you want to talk about this strong mayor thing first, since we have... Yeah, yeah, we got a few on. calls, and, and it's it's top of mind, I think. Yeah, and we may have Beth Ann Blackwood on, who is spearheading this uh, strong mayor campaign. I'm still not too up to speed on it. I hadn't been reading that much about it. Just, you know, from what I've heard, Beth Ann, she came on our show up on the hard line one time and heard her talk about it. But 
to me, it just makes sense because nothing's really working in the city of Dallas. You know, I mean, we, we failed to get everything. Yeah, we barely got the uh, arena for the Mavericks and the Stars. Yeah. Or else that might be in Louisville. Jeez. But, you know, we could, we could have had the Rangers in downtown Dallas. We could have had the Cowboys in downtown Dallas. We could have had Lone Star Park in the city of Dallas. You know what it seems like, too, from what I've been reading, is the people that are against this, not only the cops, and I think some other city employees are against it, but a lot of minorities are against it. Yeah, well, you know what it is? It's because, you know, this obviously will sap a lot of the power out of the city council. And the city council, you have a lot of, you know, those council members that represent minority neighborhoods. Yeah. And so they have their own little agendas for their you know, crap hole neighborhoods, and they, you know, the city council members want to go back to their neighborhood and say, hey, look, look what I did. Look at the, uh, you know, great way that I supported the, the future of our neighborhood when really what is, in my opinion, what has to happen in city government is looking out for the, the betterment of the entire city, not yeah, individual you, pockets. Right, but, I mean, a lot of, a lot of, poorer neighborhoods, and I'm not saying that's exclusively minority, but a lot of the South Dallas neighborhoods, that's all they have. They don't ever, you know, it's not like they're coming over to, to see a lot of Stars games. Right. Or, I mean, that, that is their life, is their neighborhood. Yeah, but if you think in the bigger picture, though, if the, if the city of Dallas as a whole is improved and there's more money being pumped into the city of Dallas mm -hmm. at large, that that's going to filter down at least a little bit to those neighborhoods to the south. I mean, Everything to the north is as developed as it can be. It'll obviously, it'll obviously grow, continue to grow, but the next place it's going to start growing is to the south. It has to. All right, joining us now is uh, the woman herself who, like I said, is spearheading the Strong Mayor campaign. She's been on with us before. Beth Ann Blackwood, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Are you just ready for this day to be over with? You tired yes. of uh, tired of campaigning? <laughs> well, I, I'm ready for a vote to be taken and for us to move forward. Okay, here's the deal. Today is a wonderful day as far as the weather goes. And so a lot of times when we have days like this, a lot of people who are like, eh, kind of on the fence of voting, they're like, screw it. You know, I'm going to go drink margaritas and sit on a porch somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, but then you have the... Uh the opposite case, when if it was raining, people would stay away from the polls. I don't want to go out. That's true. I mean, there's, I, I always, an there's always an excuse for not going to the polls. Generally, we're an apathetic bunch. But don't you think this is, I mean, this is about as an important election as we've had in this area in a really long time. I think it's the biggest thing that, that we've had in decades. I mean, this is really the only opportunity I think we're going to have to move Dallas forward. And, and it is all about getting out to vote today because... Um, at least on our side of the campaign, we've got the people in favor of it to pass it. We just have to get them to go vote. So please go vote. Now, now there was plenty of early voting. Do, do you have any returns on that? Do you know I, where you stand? I, I, we don't. They won't release um, which way they voted until after 7, even on the early voting. So we won't know. We know how many voted, but we don't know how they voted. As best you can, Beth Ann. You know, just explain to everyone who's really not aware of what's going on. Explain your side of, of uh, you know, why you think this is this is a good thing. Well, this this is a good thing because under the system we've got now, we've really got 
14 people trying to be in charge and 14 people pulling 14 different ways, which means that nothing really ever happens. And the person that's supposed to be running our city is a, is a city manager who we don't elect. So uh, when, when people talk about all this power being in the hands of one person, well, the power that we're talking about is already in the hands of one person. It's in the hands of a city manager who we do not elect. So this puts some accountability in our city government. And it lets us, the voters, pick who's, who is actually going to run our city and then hold them accountable at the ballot box if they don't do a good job. Um, just take the crime rate, for example. There is no mayor in the United States that could survive if they had the highest crime rate for seven years in a row. Wouldn't happen. But the person who's in charge of that right now, which is the city manager who's supposed to be on top of that, that person never has to be accountable for that to anybody. And it's time for us to get that changed and move forward and, and really move forward um, as the rest of the big cities in the United States have done. I mean, we are really, for Dallas, who prides itself on kind of being entrepreneurial and on the cutting edge and out there aggressively going after it, we are really out of step uh, with what other large cities are doing. And it's, it's beginning to show up everywhere. Why is it that uh, I was talking to a policeman the other day who's dead set against this. Why are people... Um, maybe a lot of city employees uh, against this. Is that strictly about Laura Miller, or is that about the, the concept of it? I think, I think a lot of it is about Laura Miller. Um, and, and, in fact, I've talked to at least a lot of police officers who are very much for this, and I've talked to a lot of city employees who are very much for this. But um, a lot of city employees who, um, who probably are not doing the best job in the world in, in the job that they're doing are nervous about it because they're afraid that, you know, somebody's going to go in there and start, you know, taking names and, and starting to hold everybody accountable up and down the line, which is exactly what we want as the citizens of this city. So I think there's some fear out there from uh, city employees who, you know, kind of like the status quo and kind of everything's okay. And, uh, and so they're a little fearful of somebody coming in and actually starting to to look very critically and carefully about how things are running in the city. Now, you touched on this earlier about, uh, you know, a lot of people that are against this are afraid of the city council members losing their their voice and not being able to represent their neighborhoods. You mentioned that there is the, the one person, the city manager, that runs everything, basically, and that you right. want that power transferred to the mayor. So how will that affect the voice of the city council members? It, it won't affect it. I mean, the, the, really the only real power that the council members are losing, the significant power they're losing, is the ability to hire and fire a city manager. To, so to hire and fire the person running the city. And that power is being transferred from the city council directly to us, the voters. We now get to hire and fire that person. But they still um, make all the, approve all the contracts over $15,000 they still pass all the law. They still set all the policy. They still set the budget. Um, they still make all the planning and zoning decisions. So they act as a true legislative body. But, but everything that happens in Dallas will still require their approval. So, you know, the, the other side has spent a lot of time using a scare tactic of saying, oh, you're stripping the council of all power, when in fact the council retains pretty much all the power they've ever had except the power to hire and fire the person running the city. That's kind of weird that they have the, the power to hire and fire their boss, essentially. <laughs> exactly. Well, it, what happens is it, it really does, the, the lines of responsibility are so blurred between the council 
and the person who's running the city. And since it takes 10 of them to fire a city manager, which has never happened, um, you know, the city manager really only has to keep about five people happy to keep his or her job at any given point in time. And everybody, you know, everybody tries to tell everybody else what to do. And it's just a, a huge mess. And if you look at every... We've had two professional groups come in in the last year to look to study the city of Dallas and, and how it's doing. And they both concluded that, that, that everybody's responsible and nobody's responsible, that the lines of authority are non-existent. And, and both of them concluded that we need a, an executive that's in charge and has the authority to act. And that's exactly what this does for us. It, it gives us that ability to move forward. All right, Beth Ann, uh, I know it'll probably be a long day and a long night for you. Um, good luck with everything, and congratulations, because it's pretty rare when one person can galvanize a, you know, a large group of people over, you know, you, you, don't, you just don't see it very often in, in big cities like this. One person really doing a lot of, uh, a lot of good and, and, and really trying to change for the, for the betterment of the community. And so, you know, congratulations on that. I'm sure it was a, a pain in the ass a lot of times, but you stuck <laughs> with it. Well, thank you so much, and I sure appreciate you having me on the show. Can I ask you a dumb question real quick? Sure. Are you single? No. no. <laughs> I, if I want to go to the polls today, do I go to the same place I voted for the presidential election? Yes. Okay. That would do it. All right. All right, Beth Ann. All right. Thank Appreciate you Appreciate it. Much. All right. Bye-bye. It's Beth Ann Blackwood. Um, I, I mean, I'm all for it. And I, I say go vote yes. I, I don't see any reason not to with all the crap that this stupid city's been through. Well, you know, what frustrates me is, yeah, I, what was it, two or three years ago that we had the, the big referendum for the Trinity River Project? Yeah. And so far, I, I haven't seen anything happen. No. Fort Worth is going now. What's that? Fort Worth Trinity River Project is already online. Of course. Ground well, broken. Yeah. Fort Worth is Fort Worth, you know? That's what frustrates me is, is cities like Arlington and cities like Fort Worth and Grapevine and, you know, Frisco. There, there are so many cities around here that are forward thinking and they get stuff done. And Dallas is just treading water. Yeah, we're lagging behind. We're losing. Downtown is still floundering. Yeah. Trinity River Project isn't going anywhere. We're, you know, we lost our chance at getting the Cowboys. I don't want to be totally sports-centric, but, I mean, that's a lot of the identity of a city. Yeah. I mean, our convention, uh, uh, as far as us getting people to come in with, for big conventions, I know that's sunk, sinking like a stone in the last Well, yeah, we, because, you know, as big as we think our convention center is, it's a fraction of the size of the big convention cities like Orlando and Las Vegas and even Houston now. Or New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, we just don't have the square footage and we don't have the downtown hotels to support big conventions anymore. And so all that business is going elsewhere. Let's just do it now. Because I'm sure people are sick of political talk. Uh, Michael, you're on Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket. Yeah, I, th I think the city of Dallas definitely needs a strong mayor. What she needs to do is first she needs to just start taking over Annex and Irving and... The colony, the colony, you're a bunch of wimps and then French. And then she can go over to the east and take over Garland and Richardson and surround Plano because, you know, Plano, them, them boys up there are all roided up. We're not, not going to be able to. We're not Napoleon. 
We're not we're not trying to take over other cities. I don't want to annex Garland. I don't either. Leave Garland alone. Well, and and that's why that's why all the minorities are interested because they know we're gonna we're gonna start them concentration camps back oh, up. Oh dear. All them minorities. Cedric, you're on the ticket. Cobra. What's up? Hey, I I was sick of this political talk too, but I'm gonna try to tie in some sports talk with this political talk. That's good. I'm, I'm against the um the whole strong. I believe, and most most uh, city employees believe that we need a stronger mayor. Is that we don't want this mayor. Okay. Well, yeah, but um, she's going to be out pretty soon, and you're talking right. about something that's going to be around for the next who knows how long compared to her short term here as mayor. Right. But my, my whole thing of voting against it and is because they need to do some revision to it before they go through and put the process in because my whole reason voting against it is because she let the Cowboys walk out of this city. We, we had the prime opportunity to bring them. And the same offer that they offered to Arlington, she got, she didn't accept. Yeah, but that's, that's not, I don't think that's a reason to vote against this. You're, you're voting, I mean, that's a vote against Laura Miller, not a vote against this proposal. Hey. Like I said, you got to look long term. You and know, and I'm not also, but see, you guys also have to understand that we as city employees, we got our first cost of living raise, a 2% cost of living raise this year, and we hadn't had one in four years. So my, my opportunity of, of thinking is if you bring in the Cowboys and you spend some money over the long-term range, you'll bring money in. You'll bring the Super Bowl in. You'll bring the Cotton Bowl in and more, more games in to provide money in millions. And that'll, that'll allow us, to, the city employees, to work better as a whole. Like Miss Miss Blackwood was talking, she said a lot of employees are are scared that she's going to fire them. Well, look at it. I mean, we hadn't had had a raise in over four years. I mean, don't you think morale will drop if you if you're not getting paid? What you think the economy is rising, gas is high? So, I mean, don't you guys think something like that would affect yeah, your morale? You would think that you guys would get like a four percent raise every year. I thought that was pretty standard. No, just sir. for cost of living. This is, we have not received a merit or a cost of living raise in four years prior to January 01, where we got a 2% raise. Well, get her out of there. You know, when the time comes, get her out. But like I said, you need to think long term and you get somebody in there good, then maybe things change as far as, you know, your salaries go. I don't so, know. So the, cow, so the Cowboy Stadium is not long term thinking? Well, that's, I yeah, mean, that, that, that's that done. ship has sailed. Yeah, that's done. You can't, I mean, we, you can't, we gotta you can't, look forward. Yeah, don't get even with her, and then hold the city back at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, but but they need to do some revision to this proposal before they. Well, but I don't think. I mean, it, it was so difficult to get this on the ballot this time that they, I don't think you have a chance to tweak it and revise it and get it back on the ballot. It's it's now or never. So I think if yeah. you if you want to give more power to the mayor, if you want to see the way that this city works change, then this is your opportunity. Other, otherwise, you're not going to have another chance. Yeah, but not this, man. All right, man. Go Cowboys. Appreciate it, guys. We'll see you. Cool. Word. I see a guy up there who wants to talk about Star Wars. Have you read any reviews? See the Time review? No. I, you know, I, I've heard rumors, and, I, and I've heard about how it's the darkest and most violent, and that really gets my loins flowing. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about it next? Yeah, let's get into that next. Let's dork out on Star Wars next.
Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. If you shoot a mine, do you have to use a silencer? 1057 on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. This is Durant, Corby Davidson, Dave Lane. Gordon Keith is out of the country celebrating Rosh Hashanah. No, he's at Craig's wedding. I love Jerry Stackhouse. I do too. Did you get? Were you? You were. You watched the game the other night, didn't you? Yeah. He was so badass in the first half. I cannot was wait. Was he? Was he eight for eight? eight Something for, like that. Made his first eight shots, nine shots. He was unreal. God, I hope they. I will be so bummed if they don't win tonight. Sean, will you play that cut again? Everything that he did was off something garbage to me. It's garbage. Just a garbage player. He can hit hit some threes, but he's a garbage player. Is, that, is he talking about John Barry? John Barry, yeah. John Barry is so creepy looking. I hate that guy. He's a bastard. Oh, God. He's a douche. Hate him. His dad's not that much better. I hate the Rockets. I hate McGrady. I hate McGrady's lazy eye. Yao is such a cry... Yao is such a crybaby. Don't you think that Yao and Danny brought this up the other day? It looks like a seven-foot Chinese version of Psycho Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Look at his face, man. He looks just like Psycho Dave. I'm scared, though. I mean, because... I can see McGrady going for 50 tonight and the Mavs losing. I know. I'm going to be bummed. I'm go- I can't wait, man. I'm going to the game. I haven't been to like a big-time playoff game of any sorts in a- since probably the Stars, like in 99 or something. Yeah. You know? God, I wish I was going. But I will be very depressed if I'm they lose. Sc- I'm scared. I oh, really yeah. am. I mean, I mean they, they're at home. Should they should win. Yeah, but, but they've been so crappy at home this year. Yeah, it means nothing. It means nothing. It'll be a good game, though. It won't be like uh, that. Dirk needs to at least shoot it somewhere close to what he shot in the regular season. He's been really off. Yeah, he's been bad. I won't say he's been bad. He's just been off. He's been bad offensively. All right, so Star Wars opens up here in 12 days, the 19th. I can't wait. I'm just now getting excited. I haven't really thought about it because it's, it's, I, the first two to me, like I have not seen the second one, the second new one, episode two. Attack of the Clones. I haven't seen that since I was in the theater. I was so bummed was a, out by that. Oh, I loved it. It was God, on it was I on didn't. HBO like last summer and I probably watched it 50 times. Every time it was on, I would watch at least, you know, 30 minutes. I of need it. to watch it because just get me up to date on what's going on. You know? The first one I lo- I wanted to like it so much that I did like it even though it wasn't very good. <clears throat> I liked Attack of the Clones. See, I I I gotten in an argument with a buddy of mine because he really likes Phantom Menace and I really like Attack of the Clones. Which one had the big Yoda fight? Attack of the Clones. I didn't like that. I didn't need to see Yoda being a ninja. You know? But, he, but he's a Jedi. Yeah, but he's a sock puppet too. Yeah, whatever. I mean... I like I just but like, look the, at, look I like at, the subtleties of Yoda like in... Uh, look at Yoda in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. He was a... He was a Muppet in that one. I know, and I love that. And I love how it, the only thing that he did that was, you know, that showed any power was lift the spaceship out of the swamp. Remember Hoth? that? In Hoth, yeah. That's all he did that was, you know, any, that showed any kind of power. He wasn't... It was Dagobah, by the way. Oh, Dagobah. That's the only thing that, that creeps me out is just that the technological advances that, that Lucas has implemented as they go back in time. You know, I know you have to suspend your I disbelief. Know, Come I on. Know, I know, I know. It's I know, a I know, movie. I know, I know, I know. But the characters, and this is like the complaint that everyone who is grew up with Star Wars, like everyone our age, 
the characters were so much better in of the original. Of course, the, the, the actors were better. I mean, with the exception of Ewan McGregor. Yeah. The actors were better in the original trilogy. The, the story was better. I mean, he's trying to, he's having to piece together a backstory, you know, based on his original trilogy. And he's having to tie up all these loose ends. You know, and it, it wasn't like he wrote the entire screenplay for, you know, all six films when he shot the first one. So He should have had I, Adam people, Sandler play Vader. <laughs> people are just, they, they are so ready to criticize. And to me, it's another Star Wars movie. It's, it's a great escape. It's, I know. I mean, it's, it's brilliant special effects. It's fun. Don't take it so seriously. I don't take it too seriously, and I'll, and I hear this one. That it's all, if, if you haven't seen, it's on the cover of Time magazine. There's a picture of Vader, and, and there's a big review in there, and it's very positive. Which it's PG-13, and supposedly it's very dark, very violent. I guess like all the younglings, all the little baby Jedi's get massacred at some point. Good. I mean, I'm not in for you know. I mean, ba- children, but well, I mean, you know, when you when you start out with uh, a new hope, you know, the original Star Wars, there's there's no Jedi left. Yeah. So they're all going to have to be killed off at some point. Right. That's true. But I can't wait. And it, you know, to, Hayden Christensen has grown up. He looks like an adult now. Yeah. He just looked like such a teenager back then, which is what he was supposed to be. But now he looks like uh, he's developed some sort of age to him, I guess. Right. Some sort of presence. He looks a little harder. Yeah. And that the dude that plays the Emperor is genius. I love that guy. Senator Palpatine. Yeah. He's just so creepy. He's the perfect measure of creepiness and smarminess. So, uh, Wolanski from The Observer, Robert Wolanski, saw it the other day. He saw a screening of it. And he said it was... I mean, you, you got to take everything that Robert says with a grain of salt because he doesn't like very much. But 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 he's a comic book geek. You would think he would like kind of the sci-fi escapism. Yeah, but he he um, he said it's just very predictable. Well, of course, you know what's going to happen. But no, I mean, of course, you know what's going to happen. I mean, it's it's Anakin's you know, you know going to turn into Vader. You know I just gave it away. In Titanic too, but. But there's still like he said that every single thing, everything that you thought would happen, happens. I don't care. I don't care. Well, you're a, you're an apologist for Star Wars. I am. There needs to be some. It's the it, it I, it's okay, Robert. We ferreted him out. It's always tough to ferret out, Robert. Yeah, because clearly I have nothing better to do. <laughs> now, I, I I stated that correctly. You, I said exactly what you told me, right? That it's yeah, very I mean, predictable. It's, there's no surprise to it. It's and Dave, you're right. It's what you expect it's going to be. So what's wrong with that? I mean, it's not high art. No, I, I, I want my Star Wars. You want what? I want my Star Wars. And you're going to get it. So is it really dark and violent? Is it, is it as dark as Empire? It's darker. See, that's great. The scene of uh, when Vader, you know, he becomes Vader before he gets the headgear. Yeah. So the scene in which Hayden Christensen is fitted with the Vader gear is fairly gruesome. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. I mean, it's much more grown up. The problem is Hayden Christensen, for me, has never had the sort of gravitas of what you imagine James Earl Jones beneath that suit was going to have. Right. I mean, he whined. He's still a whiner. 
ultimately what leads Vader to become Vader is that he's a big crybaby. He uh, just wants more. I want more. <laughs> How is, um, what's her fart? Um, Natalie Portman? Yeah, how's she looking? The problem is that Meryl Streep or, you know, James Cagney or William Holden could be asked to deliver the same dialogue and they'd all come off as terrible actors. Yeah, that's true. They're just, they're, they're asked... I mean, Lucas never wrote great dialogue. Did he get help on the screenplay for this one? The rumor is he got help from playwright Tom Stoppard. But is it true that, that Spielberg directed a couple of scenes? I don't know. I, I, I mean, you hear all kinds of rumors. I mean, but what he should have done is he should have liked someone. He should have let someone else direct these movies the way he did with Empire and Jedi. Like Spike Lee. Right. Good. Good. That would have been great. A lot of Lando Calrissian would have been in it then. Right. I think he should have gotten Zach Braff. I hear he's really hot in Hollywood. I think he should have gotten a whole number of people that he didn't get. I mean, look at those two and three, man. Jedi and, and Empire are great. Now, now, Robert is on the record as saying that the hot chick is better than Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. I told you that the other day. Right? Yeah. I look two one and two. I what about no, what I'm about white cool. chicks? Huh? What about white chicks? Yeah, even more better. That's, that's the Godfather of the chick movies. Well, I mean, you know, one and two are unwatchable. I I love them. No, you don't. I do. See, I you love Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I love Attack of the Clones better than Phantom Menace. I, I saw Attack of the Clones once, and I haven't. And I've I saw it when it was on HBO a million times, and I never even flicked by there. I just I, I didn't I disliked it so much. I'm a, I'm a nerd. I admit the, it. The, uh, the the Phantom edit. It's a real geeky thing, but it's this guy went in and edited the Phantom. Oh yeah, he ch he changed the voices of the uh, of we the Jar -Jar Asian dudes. No, he took out Jar Jar. He cut about thirty minutes of the movie out of it, and it's really good. Really, it's faster paced. It's the the story's better, and the dialogue is it's less noticeably. Uh, ungangly. Does Jar Jar have a cameo in this one? Jar Jar has a cameo. Does he get killed? Please say yes. No, nah, no. He doesn't? Chewbacca has a small cameo. That's good. Yeah, I've, I've it's seen him. It's a very small cameo. It's much smaller than I think we were led to believe at one point. And uh, the dude didn't play him, did he? I thought, yeah, Peter Mayhew plays him. He did? Yeah. Oh, I thought the Peter Mayhew couldn't even walk anymore. He can barely walk. I saw him at a convention where I was doing a panel about a year ago. In Plano, and he's really—he looks like he has trouble walking. Yeah, he—he he was up here about six or seven years ago. I think Bob and Dan had him on, didn't they? I think Bob and Dan had him on not too long ago. Maybe he was on the phone, but he came up when I was doing Chris's show, and he's such a tall, gangly lummox, and he looks like his hips are all out of whack, and his knees Hello, are all bad. I'm Peter Mayhew. I play Chewbacca in the Star Wars Chewbacca. movies, and I've never listened to Bob and Dan on the on the ticket thirteen ten a.m. He lives around here somewhere. Yeah, lives like in. Grand Prairie or something like well, that. Well, a lot of those guys, a lot of guys live here. You know, um, Burton Gilliam from Blazing Cells and Flitz lives here. It's all it's easy, it's easy access to the airport. Well, Burton Burton grew up here. What's that? Yeah. I mean, he was a Golden Gloves boy back in the day here in Dallas. He's my favorite. No, he's great. But the uh, you know, it's exciting. I will say this. You know, we saw it at the they showed it to us on Thursday at the Cinemark Legacy up in Plano with the digital projection. That's how you got to see it. Don't go to a theater. I mean, just don't go to a regular projection theater. You got so, yeah, so how many theaters are out there like that? There's really, I think there's only two in Dallas. There's the, Magnolia has a DLP, but I don't think they're showing it there. They should be.
see, I'm I'm going to a, a midnight show on that Wednesday, and then I'll probably try and go see it at Legacy that weekend. You got to see it digitally. Yeah, it's stunning digitally. And look, it's exciting. You know, it's last. Star Wars film you're going to see, and it's by far the best of the three. And you know what? You know what really uh, gets me charged too is that now they're going to start working on uh, making all six in 3D. Right. What? Like the fact that Lucas keeps saying that he's going to do these um, arty films like THX 1138. Yeah. And American Graffiti, sort of intimate personal stories, but in fact, he's just going to spend the next 20 years making these things 3D. He's yeah. just going to milk them. But I think like every year, every two years, they're going to they're going to release them. I guess are they going to start with Phantom Menace or are they going to start with A New Hope? Allegedly, they're going to start with Phantom Menace. I think Lucas has realized that his he will forever be known as the Star Wars guy, and why not just milk that till the end? You know, I mean, what else is he going to do that's going to top this? Well, and you know what? You Nothing. Know, you know what else I, I saw? Somebody sent me a, a, a story this past week that I guess he was at the, you know, some, you know, Comic-Con convention no, he, or whatever. He spoke at a Star Wars convention. Oh, okay. And he said that he's, he's talking about developing a, a TV series that's going to be set between uh, this next movie, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Right. What? Yeah, he's going to do a series. He's, he's developing two network series. One of them would be Star Wars. Do you, do you have any idea what network would end up picking them up? Have they even gotten that far? They haven't even gotten there that far. There would be a bidding war like no other. I wish it would be like on, you know, FX or HBO or something. It would suck if it was on, like, NBC. Well, yeah. I'm sure it'll, I mean, given his relationship with Fox, I, I have no doubt that it would end up on Fox. Or FX. Or FX, but, but likely Fox. I mean, it would be a broadcast. Okay, so, Bob, so over, go. overall, you say thumbs up if you're a Star Wars fan? Yeah, I mean, you look, it's, it's the story you wanted to know. But my problem with it is this. You know, when you see those, those first three films, you know, A New Hope all the way through Jedi, I mean, you imagined a backstory for how Vader became Vader. And, and here you sort of have a... It, it's, like take, it's like someone taking your imagination away and making it literal. I mean, if, if that's, that's kind of my problem. I always had this vision as a kid. You know, I saw these films in 77. You know, I saw Star Wars. You always imagine you heard that he became Vader because he fell in a pit of molten lava. And now you get to see it. And it's, like, and it's not as good as your imagination? It's not as good as I imagined. Dave, it's like, um, it's like how you imagine your parents being and then actually meeting them. I haven't met my parents. Well, I know, but I mean, if you actually did, would that just take away? I mean, you probably imagine them as Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. <laughs> and they're two little trolls who <laughs> fell in a <laughs> pit of molten lava. It's just, it's, it ruins, the, it ruins your childlike imagination. Yeah, I mean, when you were a kid, you had a, 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 an imagination, and you, you sat there and imagined how these characters became who they were, right? Right. Yeah. And now you get to see it made very literal. I, I think that that uh, May 18th, when I go see this movie, it's going to be the culmination of my life. And if I get hit by a bus on the way out of the theater, I'll die happy. You're that big a fan? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Well, hey, you know, I'm that way about Star Trek, the original Star Trek. All right, Robert, get out and go vote yes. I really have no idea how I'm going to vote. Well, just go vote yes. Just go vote yes talk for about us. It. Yeah. And then burn one. Have you both voted? No, I'm going to vote after the show. I'm going to have to burn one before I vote. Because <laughs> if I vote yes, I'm going to have to need an excuse. All right, buddy. I heard you had Beth Ann on earlier. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. She we're was, we're uh, guest heavy today. Look, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a great show.
Thanks. We Word. appreciate the. the I have support. to say uh, that other guy that does it with you, um, a moot point. Yeah, totally. It's true. In, in, in. Oh, there he goes. Oh, thanks to Robert Wolanski. So uh, you want to get into Coachella next? Yeah, Dave went to one of the, I would say, top three music festivals that our country has to offer. He will tell us about it next. The town of the cow tears it up Thursday, May 19th at Razoo's. Brian Irvin Road and I-20 in Fort Worth. It's Guy's Night Out from 3 to 11 with the Hardline, Roundtables, and the P1 Whack Live. Brought to you by Coors Light and Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. She's perfect. Rebecca Romaine. Rebecca Romaine Stamos is perfect. She's not Stamos anymore, man. Oh, yeah. She's dating Jerry O'Connell. God. Uh, you, you know how it drives me nuts that I don't live out there? We're, we're watching, uh, I guess on ESPN, they're showing scenes from this Kentucky Derby party, I guess. And uh, all these, you know, stars and athletes and socialites are at this party, and they just showed Jerry O'Connell and Rebecca Romaine Hot. talking together. Everything is accepted out there without question. Like, if you're 60 and you marry a 25-year-old... doesn't you, matter. You're not looked down amongst your uh, group of buddies or whatever. Or society doesn't judge you. It's just like, oh, that's, that's Hollywood. Yeah. You, uh, you're a woman and you have in vitro fertilization when you're 45. Whatever. Yeah. If you're divorced four times, like Billy Bob Thornton... Hey, he's Billy Bob Thornton. I mean, he's just... He's eccentric. Right. He's, a, he's, a, he's an artist. You go into rehab a, a dozen times? Whatever. It's part of it. I want to live out there. It is the land of magic. It's eternal high school. It's just one big popular clique. Yeah. You got kids in your bed when you're 45 and they're 12. It's no big deal. Just go to court and you'll be set free, man. Anything goes. Not that I want to do that, but I'm just saying that's just an example. Uh, of well, I might. Well, yeah, you. By the way, the um, the dude who got his finger cut off. Hey, I'm gonna bang you. <laughs> what? The dude who uh, was eating the frozen custard and found a partial finger in there. When he came back in to tell the store, that he, he he had the finger with he him. He had right? the finger with him, and he wouldn't give it back because they said, "Oh yeah, old Eddie back here got it caught in a combine and mixing combine and fell off." And the guy was like. He needs it back to, re to get it reattached. And the guy was like, no, I'm not giving it back. And he was like, it's evidence. I'm keeping it. Wouldn't it still be evidence? Yeah, well, I read the story this morning. They said, you know, he could have he taken a picture of it. He could have, you know, taken a piece of it as DNA evidence. You know, just, just taking the nail. sliced off a little piece of the finger. He could have done anything. I, I'm saying he could have given it back and got the guy's phone number. And, and, I, mean, I mean, the guy obviously had his finger reattached. You can tell that. I don't understand why this bastard wouldn't give it. Wouldn't it give the guy's it was, finger it back? It was cut off at the first knuckle, so you're, oh. talk, you're talking about you know almost an inch worth of finger. I mean, this guy now the poor custard worker is going to be a freak show for the rest of his life. I guarantee you, this guy is so glad that he got the lucky cup of custard with the guy's finger in it, though. 
Yeah, he did have it noodling around in his mouth for a while, though. I mean, this would you would you eat for a million dollars? Would you take a guy's finger, cut off at the knuckle, and take a bite of it in your ice cream? Well, it's uh, it's not a guarantee that he's going to get a million dollars. Would you do it for a million dollars, though? Yes, I yes, would I too. would. I would too. And then I'd move out to L.A. and live in and, Magic Land and date Lindsay Lohan. Oh, that'd be so great. Did you see her when she uh, since she turned blonde? blonde? Oh my God. I like her, man. She is a hot piece. Yeah. There's no question. She's going to get dirty one of these days. I hope. I hope. Is she still dating Bruce Willis, or was that just a rumor? Well, they weren't dating. They just went at it one night. That's so That's great. another part of so living in Magic Land. Hey, he's 50. She's 19. Is she just 19? Or 20. That's so great. 50. But you know what? He's Bruce Willis. You know, I mean, he's he's cool with the fact that his ex-wife is dating someone 16 years younger than her and raising his two kids who are almost Ashton's age. It's okay. So do you think that uh, that Bruce Willis hooking up with Lindsay Lohan was kind of uh, Ashton Kutcher revenge? Payback. Yeah. Does she care? Does Demi Moore care? Probably not. No. I definitely think uh, between Ashton and uh, Bruce, Bruce got the better end of that deal. Well, that's because you're not gay. Who gay? I'm saying, well, of course you're a guy. You're going to think that Lindsay Lohan's better than Ashton Kutcher. No, I'm saying Lindsay Lohan's better than Demi Moore. Oh. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. I'm saying it's a, it's a good trade for Bruce. Not that he's still with Lindsay, but at least, yeah. at least he got to tag it once. And, you know, there's always the, the George Clooney rule of thumb. Who He's just like, I, I think he got married, like, in his 20s or something. And then he said, I'm never getting married again. And Nicole Kidman said, you'll be married by the time you're 40. And they bet, like, 10 grand on it. Oh, yeah. And when he turned 40, she wrote him a check for 10 grand. And he ripped it up. Like, he needs 10 grand. It's <laughs> like $4 to him. <laughs> he just drops that on the ground. Okay, uh, we need to get into your trip to Coachella, the Coachella Music Festival. In Is it Coachella or Coachella? I don't know. I, just, I thought it was Coachella. It may be. It's C-O-A-C-H-E-L-L-A. It's C-O-A-C-H-E-L-L-A, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I've never... Uh, I've, I've never, been there, man. What, what it sound like? I've freaking been there. Are you and your buddy, Manny, you rented an RV... Uh, an RV trailer. An RV trailer. Yeah. And drove to California. And what part of California is this? It, it's in the middle of the desert. It's like, uh, it's kind of halfway between the Arizona border and the coast. It's near Palm Springs. How close is San Diego? San Diego is way to the south, I guess. It's maybe, it's probably halfway between San Diego and L.A., I guess. Okay. It's probably closer to L.A. And is it... What's the city? Is that... There's three cities out there. There's Coachella, La Quinta, and Indio. Indio's where it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's technically in Indio. Okay. It's at the, these polo fields in Indio. And we, we probably need to just talk about it next. Oh, crap. Yeah, we're super late today. But it was possibly the greatest weekend of my life. Really? Yes.
Listen daily at 735 for The Secret Ranger and play Ground It or Pound It. Win a spot in Rangers Fantasy Camp, season tickets, and more. Brought to you by Grubbs Nissan, Miracle Mortgage, and Spradio 3rd to the Ticket. By the way, you know that Jimmy Clip is playing at uh, Austin City Limits. Really? One of the uh, Whalers. Is he one of the original Whalers? Every day and every Jimmy yes, Clip. You're asking the wrong guy. Marley, I think it was Jimmy Cliff. I can't remember. Okay, so uh, we got uh, 30 minutes left here of the show, and we need to get into Dave's story about going out to California for the Coachella Music Festival. Or Coachella, I don't know. <laughs> um, so you guys rented an RV can or trailer. Yeah, towed it out there. And what was in there? Uh, well, we Weed? did. No. We uh, we didn't rent like a straight on RV because uh, you got to pay for mileage. So we just rented the trailer, which is just a straight rental, you know, per day, and towed it out there. Whose car did you drive? Mine. Okay. And it it kind of sucked because you know because the trailer was so heavy. I mean, it was good in one sense because we. It was impossible to get a speeding ticket because we maxed out at 70. Yeah. But... Well, what the hell was in there? Well, it, it was... We, we had a campsite. Because you guys were not staying in a hotel. No. You were camping. We had a campsite that was like five miles from the venue, and, which was beautiful because we never hit any traffic. You know, we just zipped in and zipped out. Um, so, you know, there were public showers and stuff at this campsite, but... Were they gross? Yeah. Well, they weren't bad. They were just kind of, they're, you know, they're just, just kind of nasty. Yeah. So in this RV, we had, you know, there were two beds, um, a little kitchenette, and then, you know, our own bathroom with a shower. So we didn't have to mess with anything else. And we had it, you know, we went and did a super target run before we left and had all kinds of groceries and yeah. amenities in there. And uh, the only thing that was kind of scary about the drive, aside from the fact that it was so long, you know, driving from here to the middle of California, on the way out it was like 25 hours, on the way back it was 22 Did you not stop? hours. We, well, we, that's drive time. We stopped, okay. you know, and slept for like five hours, six hours each way. But on the road? No, we stopped at like, uh, you know, <laughs> we stopped at Walmart parking lots <laughs> because they're trailer friendly. They don't, they don't mind if you uh, stay the night in their parking lot. So, um, the scary thing, though, and by the way, I will never, ever, ever drive that far again. It was a total beating. Yeah. And not only that, but gas prices are disgustingly outrageous. I was going to say, by the time that you paid all that money for gas, you probably could have bought a flight. Yeah. Well, you know what we did? <laughs> we, we got, you know, because I guesstimated what my gas mileage would be. Because I know what it is under normal circumstances. And then I was like, well... You know, towing this thing, it'd probably be cut down a little bit. And so I, I had an idea of what we were going to, how many miles we were going to get for each tank of gas. We got like a little more than half or two-thirds of what I thought we were going to get. So we're out in East Tech or in West Texas making our first fill-up. And, you know, we got, and the, the first one, you know, was when we were still getting used to the intricacies of towing the trailer and, you know, still kind of trying to pass people and gun the engine and stuff. 
and not being conservative with our fuel. And so we got like 150 miles on the tank, like a 25-gallon tank. You are kidding. And so we're freaking out. Like, this is going to cost us $1,000 each way. How much was gas overall? Uh, overall, it was probably like 800 bucks total. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. It was awful. And so we... we 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 sit at this gas station and we a flight to California would have been like two seventy five. Well, this is what we did. We sat there in the parking lot and we're like, dude, are we really ready to do this? And so we called a buddy of ours to look on Expedia and see how much flights were to uh, like Palm Springs and LAX and you know because it was the last minute they were like five hundred bucks and we we're like, we're stuck. We have to do this. We have to drive. So, wait, you were going to come back to Dallas? Yeah, we, it was our first tank. We were, like, you know, two and a half hours outside of Dallas, three hours outside of Dallas. And we are like, well, because this was on a Thursday. The, the festival is on a Saturday, Sunday. And so we drove Thursday, Friday, and then we came back Monday, Tuesday. So, basically, if you spent 800 bucks on gas, it would have cost you, say you would have gone with the 500 bucks. Would you have done that, looking back in hindsight, spend the extra $100? No, because we well, had a rental car. Yeah, we would have had to get a rental car and, an, and a last-minute uh, hotel room, and uh, we probably would have had to stay in Palm Springs, which is like 30, 45 minutes yeah. away. It, it would have been a disaster. So we were like, we're locked into this plan, so we're just going to have to nut up and drive. But we spent a fortune on gas, and gas in California is like 270 a gallon. Mm. It's ridiculous. Mm. So... The, the, the kind of scary thing about towing this trailer was anytime there was a crosswind on the highway, it would kind of, you know, pull the vehicle left and right. And then anytime you would have a semi blow by you, you know, at like 75, 80 miles an hour, you know, if you weren't ready for it and you didn't have both hands on the wheel, it, I don't know what about the, the wind tunnel technology of, of those semis, but... I guess as the wind whips around the, the semi, it creates like a vacuum. And so it like pulls you into the semi. And so oh. you have to like brace yourself and like, you know, turn the opposite way. Uh. So it took a while to get used to that. But we finally got out there. And, and aside from the fact that it was really long, the drive out there was pretty uneventful. And then the actual festival was brilliant because I guess last year, you know, it's out in the middle of the desert. It's in this valley. And I guess last year was like, you know, 100 degrees both days. And people were just, you know, Dying. passing out. It was like Austin city limits last year. Yeah. It was just too hot. But this year, the high both days was like 85. There was nice. kind of a breeze. There was some cloud cover. You know, it was like 65 at night. So it was beautiful. And if anyone's been to Austin city limits, it's not as big an area as Austin city limits. But the cool thing that they do is, you know, they have two big outdoor stages, and then they have three tents. You know, whereas at Austin City Limits, all the stages are, you know, the big kind of outdoor stages. But yeah. these tents, especially, they're, you know, they have like a hip-hop tent, you know, where all the hip-hop acts were. And then they had like an electronica kind of DJ tent. Mm -hmm. And then they had like an indie tent. And that was obviously where I was most of the time. And that one was really cool because it, was, it had a lower ceiling than the other ones. And it had, like, uh, you know, kind of walls with kind of arched openings along the sides. And so you would go in there, even in the middle of the day, and it would kind of be dark in there. And they had this huge light set up, so it was like you were in this really kick-ass club. You know, perfect sound, 
amazing light system, and it's, the bands were incredible. Who was the best band? My favorite of the weekend was New Order. That was the main reason I wanted to go because, you know, You're a big ha- New Order. Yeah, fan. and how many chances am I going to have to see them? They don't. Zero. I mean, unless I go over and see them in England, I'm not going to get to see them. They don't tour the U.S. very much. It was funny. They had, they were selling New Order T-shirts. You know, and it, it had their, you know, because they just put out a new record, which mm-hmm. is pretty good, by the way. Um, and it said, you know, New Order North American Tour 2005, and it had, you know, Coachella Festival, and then it had, like, Chicago and New York. It had three dates on it. <laughs> so they were my favorite. Did they play any uh, Joy Division? They played three Joy Division songs. They opened with Atmosphere, and then they also played Transmission, and then they also played uh, Level Terrace Apart. That's cool. And that was awesome. And then they played, you know, they didn't play any old New Order with the exception of Blue Monday and Bizarre Love Triangle. Everything else was off, like, the last three records, which was okay. I wish they would have played longer. And, you know, what's funny about New Order is uh, Bernard Sumner, the lead singer, for some reason, I don't know if he has just a terrible memory or if he's taken too many drugs or what, but he reads the lyrics off teleprompters. He has these monitors at his feet. Hey, Mick does that. And yet he still screwed up. Well, I think he didn't read them. I think it's just a backup for a lot of bands, but is he literally reading? Yeah, you would, I, would, I, would, I was watching him. You know, they had big video screens on either side of the stage, and I would watch him, and you could kind of see him peering down, like That's looking. That's pathetic. Yeah. It kind, of, it kind of ruined it for me for a little bit, and then I got over it. So they were my favorite. My second favorite was uh, The Faint. They're from uh, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like an electro clash, like kind of... Kind of like New Order, but a little bit more guitar-oriented, I guess. And they're actually going to be at Nokia uh, with Bright Eyes uh, in June. But they were really good. They have, like, a, kind of a whole audio-visual experience. You know, they have, like, these videos that go on that are synced up with yeah. the songs. Um, and they were really good. And then Coldplay was awesome. Uh, they played, like, four new songs off the new record. And... They were really, really good. How was Wilco? Wilco was okay. You know, I've seen them better. Yeah. But Jeff Tweedy had a funny line, though. He said, uh, he was like, yeah, it's, you know, it's good to be here. I don't, you know, we don't usually like festivals, but this one's really cool. And he says, uh, you know, we were supposed to be here last year, but I was too effed up. <laughs> yeah, Because he was, he was in rehab. rehab last year. Uh, so Coldplay and then uh, my other two favorites, I really liked um, The Secret Machines. Mm-hmm. Formerly of of Dallas, they're they, I guess, are considered a New York band now. But they were really really good. And um, oh, I'm blanking on my other favorite. But you know, there were like, you know, a hundred bands total. Yeah. And we saw probably, you know, over the course of the two days, probably like sixteen or eighteen bands. And I liked everything that I saw. That's cool. It was really cool. Oh, and and the we ended the the weekend on Sunday night with Prodigy. Prodigy played in the big Electronica tent, and you know they played later than uh, I guess I, I guess we went from the Faint to um, Prodigy, and that was probably the loudest show I've ever been to in my life. They they had the most enormous stack of speakers, and some of the some of the bass was so loud and just so much reverberation that your whole body would vibrate. I bet people were going nuts. Oh, yeah. Was there a lot of drugs out there? 
I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see anything. Well, I'm not saying that you took them, but I'm saying were they was it evident like a lot of kids wigging out and stuff. You know what? I I didn't ever see anybody pass out. You know, uh, anybody freak out. Everybody was really chill. It was it was really cool. Smell a lot of weed. I don't even know what that smells like, so I wouldn't know. Does it does it smell like um, like sage or something? It smells like gummy bears. Gummy bears. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I definitely want to do it uh, next year. It was so much fun. We did have a cursed ride back. We, you know, we we left on Monday morning, and wait wait, wait real quick, were there a lot of hot girls? Yes. And I, I told you off the air, you know, we were walking to find a good spot for New Order, and I was stopped dead in my tracks because I saw the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life, and I was just, I was mesmerized by her. I couldn't, you know, I, Manny had to grab me and pull me. That's wonderful. Cause I, I couldn't stop looking at her. It was, it was like, I guess, frozen in time. But uh, on the way back, you know, we, we had to dump our RV, you know, dump the dirty water. And so, did you do it over a bridge like Dave Matthews did? <laughs> no, no, we did it in the appropriate place. So then we then we go where where is that? It, it was at the campsite. There was a place at the campsite. Gross. They like a septic tank. Was it gross? I didn't have to do it. Manny did it. Yeah. Oh God, how did he get that? It was because we took my car and I paid for more of the gas. We we made a deal. So he had, he a good deal. He, he put on the rubber gloves and got out the uh, little septic hose and had to deal with that. We we never went number two in the RV, so at least it didn't have that's good that flowing through there. But so we we take care of that, and I lock up the RV and I put the keys in my pocket, and then we go to the gas station, which is right by the highway. We're about to take off, and I realize you know, I I, I want to go back in the RV and get some allergy medicine because my allergies are driving me crazy, and I can't find the keys, and I realize that there's a hole in my pocket. Oh, no. So we had to go drive back to the campsite, and we're looking around, and fortunately, somebody had found our keys at, at the, uh, you know, the dump site, and one of the employees of the campground had our keys. You were so lucky. Oh, we were so lucky. We would have been so screwed. Now, allergy medicine, that's a euphemism for pot, right? No, it's allergy medicine. Oh. Claritin. Just taking a shot. And, and then, so... When we were at the gas station, I mentioned that gas in California was two seventy a gallon. So we decided that we would be cheap and just buy a half a tank. Because once you get into Arizona, gas is like 50 cents cheaper a gallon. But you got a long drive across the desert, don't you? Right. Well, because we had to go back to the campsite to get the keys and then get on the highway, that was just enough gas for us to run out of gas in the middle of the desert. No. Yes. We ran out of gas in the middle of the you desert. You idiot! And, and we were, like, on the shoulder, and we could see the California State Penitentiary off in the distance. Did you we, just go check? you say, screw it? Just go check in? Yeah. Here, just take us. But fortunately, I had roadside assistance, so, you know, they, they came and brought us gas, but we had to wait, like, an hour. So we're, you know, on the shoulder playing catch with a Nerf football, and we had a California State Trooper pull over and check us out because... Yeah, he gave us the weirdest look. Like, what are you doing? What are you guys doing? Out of gas, Holmes. Did he offer to help? Oh, we we told him we already had help coming. So, and then, uh, and then, so the the whole. Did you tell? Like, you're like, we're gonna run out. Yeah, we're gonna run out. The light came on, and we saw. You know, there was a service at the next exit. And once we got the gas, I mean, we still had to gas up in California. We still had to pay out the nose for gas, (laughs) but 
but the exit was like two miles down. I mean, uh. we, we were so close. But the, we didn't see, we really didn't see a, a police officer or a state trooper pretty much the whole way. You know, we, we were rolling scot-free the whole time. And like I said, we couldn't really speed because of the weight of the trailer. So then we're almost home. We're an hour outside of Dallas. We're over by the Texas Motor Speedway on mm -hmm. 287. And there's a, a DPS officer. He's got somebody pulled over, and he's walking back to his cruiser. And, you know, I'm going the speed limit, but I go by him, and he gives me the dirtiest look. And I'm like... Dude, I'm, I'm going to get pulled over. Sure enough, he pulls me over. There's a state law that if there is an emergency vehicle on the shoulder, you're supposed to slow 20 miles an hour or get into the left-hand lane. You are kidding. No. Did he cite you? Well, he gave me a warning for that. He gave me a warning because I didn't have the extendo mirrors. I couldn't, you know, I had kind of a yeah. blind spot behind the trailer. He gave me a warning for that. But he did write me a ticket because I had a four-year-old address on my driver's license. What? Yeah. So that's going to cost me like 100 bucks. So that... Which address do you have? Deep Ellum? <laughs> no, no. The one by Barley House. Oh, okay. The Richard Street address. But, you know, it, it was worth it. Uh, the, the amount of money we paid on gas, the, the speeding ticket... What the total ticket, trip cost you? Over a grand? Yeah. Uh, yeah, with the ticket and with the RV rental and, you know, I had to get my truck wired to... Uh, you know, tow the RV and then mm -hmm. uh, the gas and the ticket. Yeah, I, I easily spent probably like 1200 bucks, but it was worth it. It yeah. was so much fun. And I definitely want to do it next year, but we know we're going to fly out there next year. Sure. It's going gonna, gonna to be much better. But, you know, uh, ACL has such an outstanding lineup. It's like, with the, with the exception of New Order, yeah. uh, ACL is just as good. Oh, yeah. I, I swear ACL was built for me. I'm so excited. Uh, all right. Uh, coming up next, we're gonna we're gonna do things. Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. Wondering if it's possible for fat people to go skinny dipping. Hello? Oh. That sound means that the rant's over. Kind of. Is it really ever over? No. I'll have a rant hangover for a while. All right. Uh, thanks to Jason and Sean. And um, is that it? Yeah, pretty much. We don't have anybody else working on our show. No. Thanks for uh, Turley for uh, hanging out up here for three or four hours and not doing anything and Serata she here? Claudia for just being wonderful. I saw Robbie by the way yesterday. Oh I love Robbie how's no. she doing? Did she ask about me? No she doesn't like you. She's perfect coming up next Stuart Cedar and Kevin Scott call will, me Robbie. We'll man the airwaves I love you. until 6 o'clock leading you up to the Mavericks game which we won't carry go Mavericks and go vote. Vote yes Vote yes on Proposition 1. A vote yes is a vote for the better good. It's Sports Saturday. This is The Ticket.
Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket is KTCK Dallas-Fort Worth and KTDK Sanger.